maybe. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Holcast. Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintot, as always, for 7500tohold.com. And after last week's disappointing draw against QPR, Villa got a win against Sherwood's former team, Spurs. Still, I think still laughing about it, Robert. I I couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, I, I figured with the draw against QPR, we were screwed, we were boned, and then that? What a joy. Yeah, I mean, and the, the weekend before was terrible, but I mean, you got to make, you got to, you got to dig yourself out of it sometimes, I guess. And Villa actually actually did that, making up for the QPR result. But they did. Tim Sherwood really keeping his win win ratio up at White Hart Lane. <laughs> best in the league, or best best ever uh, win ratio for Spurs, and he was fired. So yeah, exactly. So now he's screwing with other people's win ratios. I adore it. Uh, Had to pay them back. Yeah, no kidding. I. Uh, yeah, following the text updates, because I wasn't able to watch the match live, following the text updates was the last 20 minutes were the most harrowing 20 minutes of following Twitter I've ever had. Yeah, and I mean, I I was watching it, and it it just looked bad. It just looked like Villa were going to concede, because that's what they do in the second half and late. And, I mean, Carlos Sanchez had to pick up a red, which mm-hmm. now he's going to be out. But I think it was a, I think it was a good tackle that – or smart tackle that he had decided to put in, even if he knew he was going to get a second yellow. Yeah, it looked like one of those fouls that you just sort of have to make. Uh, you know, missing a match is worth uh, keeping when, Villa in the league. Yeah, exactly. Getting three points, like especially with with all the other teams around us still. I mean, Leicester won again, beating West Brom. West Brom are totally useless. <laughs> Are a flaming pile of junk right now. <laughs> they they just don't care anymore. No, and the funny thing is, it's brought them right back into the relegation race. Yeah, just a point ahead of Villa now, and I mean the the way the way it's been going, the way that Benteke has been scoring. I mean, it'd be nice it'd be nice to finish ahead of West Brom, and we're still just three points behind Newcastle, who's an t- entirely separate tire fire on their own. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Finishing above West Brom and getting that double over them in our last two meetings of the season would just be the most joyful outcome possible. The double within a week. Oh, so wonderful. Those were those are two must-win matches, and it's I'm still kind of surprised that Villa did it. But maybe I shouldn't be so surprised because Sherwood's actually turned it around. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been even in the Tottenham match, the the most exciting part of Tim Sherwood is you're not sure if you're gonna win. But you're going to enjoy watching the match. Maybe yeah. maybe, maybe watching it through your fingers, but you're going to enjoy watching it. Yeah, yeah. Like, at least it's it's not going to be dull like Lambert. And at least if something happens, good or bad, the camera's going to cut to Sherwood doing something hilarious. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you can level that criticism at him. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what tactically is going to happen. And you're not sure if you're going to win. But with Paul Lambert for this season, it was you're not sure if you're not going to lose. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, we made it to halftime nil-nil. Can the yeah. defense hold on? When, when do we concede the inevitable goal, and when do we never score? Yeah, when, when do we never score? Yeah, I mean, he knew we weren't scoring. Yeah, exactly, and it's, it's I don't know, I Sherwood is not perfect, but he is unquestionably better than Lambert, at least for this club at this moment. Yeah, exactly, and I think maybe, I mean, we always talk about how it's just a change of scenery but maybe he's a better motivator. He's got Benteke. He scored eight goals in his last six games. Yeah, Benteke is absolutely on fire. Um, I, I did, uh, thanks to some prompting from someone on Twitter, I did some looking, and Benteke is the Premier League's leading scorer since Tim Sherwood came aboard. Yeah, um, and I mean, that's not surprising at all because, he, I mean, it's surprising that he has done it, but when you look at, when you've watched the games and you've seen how many he scored, you'd think that. Yeah. He's he's been absolutely terrific lately, um, and and this match against Spurs was, I guess, sort of what we should be expecting from Tim Sherwood's side. You you grab a goal and then you just uh, pray from there on out. Yeah, yeah. Because first, Kieran Clark got injured and Nathan Baker had to come on. And credit to Baker, he was incredible. I I do want to point out that uh, on last week's podcast, you and I were saying that. For a big match like Spurs, maybe Vlar and Baker would be a better pairing than anyone else, just because of their 
experience, and we unexpectedly got that pairing. And yeah, it it's, not, it's not the not the way we wanted to get it. We never wanted to see someone get hurt, especially Kieran Clark. But that's okay. Yeah, exactly. But and and it turned out that um, that pairing might have been the key to the match. Yeah, it, it might have been. And like, I, I really like what you were saying last week on how if you're going to switch it up, just switch the pairings. Keep Clark Acora and then switch to Flar Baker or whatever. And you know, because we've seen it. it, it for some strange reason, despite the fact that we have four really individually talented defenders, they don't seem to work that well with the others in the other pairing. Um, maybe Baker and Clark would be okay together. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And maybe that's because if they, maybe if they're working in training, if it's eleven v elevens or something, it's always been set up that they've been together. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, absolutely. And but you know, Clark was looking decent and then the injury happened and uh but baker came on and showed himself marvelously and there's uh thanks to clark getting injured there's a very real chance that it's a baker vlar pairing uh in wembley on sunday yeah i think so i think i think clark's going to be out and that that's really a big blow that injury as well as um i mean the carlos sanchez red card and you know still still waiting on hutton and also Sissoko. I mean, it could be Richardson again. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think the really neat thing about Villa this year is, is so long as we've got at least one backup, um, with the central defenders we have, you don't feel horribly uncomfortable with any of the pairings. No, which is which is kind of surprising, I think, looking at years past. Um, you know, like for a while, Villa had conceded a ridiculously low amount of goals. Now they've given away 45, which, I mean, it's, it's really, it's in the, about mid table. It's not, not nowhere near the bottom, but you know, it, they haven't been great for a while, but yeah, I don't know. It, at least they've looked decent as a unit, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it sucks to lose Clark because I think you can make a really good argument that Clark has been our player of the year, but Baker and Vlar is not a bad option. And, and they showed it against Tottenham. they, they didn't make too many mistakes. Um, there were some, but they kept getting covered up. And in fact, it was usually them cleaning up other people's mistakes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I mean, I think I think until a couple weeks ago, Clark was for sure player of the year. Now Benteke is into the argument. <laughs> yeah, he's he's made himself a feature of this, which poor Kieran Clark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Consistency he, he for the whole season. Up. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll appreciate it when he can still get the money uh, for his next contract, thanks to the fact that Villa are in the league. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think going forward, he has a real argument that he should be the captain. Yeah, absolutely. Except for the problem is Fabian Delph is still on the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but with those two, or at least at least vice captain, maybe. But yeah, absolutely. And and the two of them have been fantastic this year. Delph looks pretty good against Tottenham. Yeah, Delph's uh, back to being good. I mean, he's the weird thing with him is he will just disappear for a match every now and again. Uh, yeah, and that's surprising because sometimes he's the most influential player. Yeah, it's like the opposite of old Gabby. Old Gabby used to not be around for ages and then suddenly appear and be amazing for one or two matches at a time and then disappear again. Delph is doing the he's pretty good most of the time and every once in a while he'll do a vanishing trick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I forgot that Gabby also picked up an entry against Spurs. Oh, yeah. God damn it. I, I forgot that, too. Uh, you know, we, we've got that coming. I, I think a possibility, maybe not player of the match, but a possibility for one of the most undersung players of that Spurs match was Tom Cleverley. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so as well. He's Great positioning, great running around. Um, his run makes that goal possible. Um, his run behind Bakuna, dragging defenders off to the right side with him and freeing up Benteke makes that goal possible. Yeah, and Cleverly's another player who's just been really renewed under Sherwood. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, oh, I saw yesterday uh, Schalke was interested in him this summer. I mean, he's going to be available on a free. His contract expires at United. I don't think Villa are going to pay, what is it, $9 million for him because his contract's going to be expired. But I think really if if he keeps playing like this, I'd love to see him at Villa permanently, and I'm sure if he keeps playing well, he'd probably probably like to come back to Villa. If... Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to see him at Villa permanently. I still don't have any regrets about not signing him in January. I still don't think oh. he's a $7 million player. 
Yeah, no way, no way. Or some, even even yeah, on his current pounds, form. Was, sorry, nine million euros. But um, yeah, the way the way he was playing under Lambert, it, everything had just stagnated. Not worth it then. Now, not worth the seven million. Maybe if it was, I don't know, three or four. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's a three or four million player, unquestionably. He's not a seven million player right now. Um, I think <laughs> you could take that seven million contract. Yeah, and and I think you could take that seven million and get something better out of it elsewhere. Um, but that said, I do want to see him back. I I just don't want to see him back at that price. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think for Villa to be successful going forward, if they're able to get players on freeze like that, that's how you can really bolster your squad and within spending reasonable amounts. Yeah, and I think what they should do is, um, and maybe this is oversimplifying it a bit, is, you know, beef up his wage package a little bit. You know, say this is a $3 million player. We don't have to spend $3 million. So what if we amortize $1.5 million over his wages and bump whatever we are planning on giving him by that? Yeah, exactly, because that's a better selling point than what than what some other clubs, I guess, would offer maybe or if they're yeah, not exactly. willing to do that. I think there's enough flexibility because of the fact that he would be coming over on a free uh, to make a decent offer and maybe lure him away from some of the bigger clubs that are looking at him. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, who did we get for free this year? Sissoko, or no, not Sissoko, sorry. Senderos, Richardson, Joe Cole. <laughs> They've um, all worked out so well. I mean, outside of Richardson just being destructive, Joe Cole hasn't hurt the team, and Senderos was okay when he wasn't hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, Senderos uh, was looking legitimately good, actually, for a while. And now he's just on the training table icing his knee at what 30k a week or something yeah something like that but um you know again not a huge hit yeah if we can find good free players my one worry in that regard is that was the one skill that lambert really had was finding gems in the transfer market yeah or even even bargains like look at bakuna Mm -hmm. and matt matt lone their starters now they were both pretty cheap um i mean we haven't seen westwood too much under sherwood but I don't know. I think he was he was a decent buy, and then another guy we haven't seen at all under Sherwood, Carlos Heal. He still could be out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we might see Westwood on Sunday with Sanchez out if Westwood isn't injured. Yeah, he's listed as doubtful on WhoScored.com's preview. Yeah, I've noticed that. I'm wondering if we're gonna have to run out players who are not fully match fit. Yeah, Robert had an idea actually before the podcast. <laughs> what if the club sold? Uh, really raffle tickets for 200 pounds to and the winner would get a spot on the villa bench obviously yeah. they would go in but i guess I, I, seven people i actually wonder how much money you could make off of that i'm i'm almost certain that it's illegal by fa regulations and whatnot but just like how many people would pay 200 pounds for a legitimate shot at making the uh, the ashton villa bench living out their lifelong dream uh, and then we turn around and use that money to actually buy a player to replace them. <laughs> yeah, buy Daniel Johnson back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it makes you wonder, do we have to recall like a Lewis Kinsella or something like that? I don't think we will. But you find yourself going, damn, I wish we hadn't sent them out on loan. Yeah, and then, I mean, then that's awkward because then you can't send them back on loan again when you, someone gets healthy in a week, you know? Yeah. And, and that guy's obviously um, sitting for the rest of the season, but I uh, maybe we see Russian Hepburn Murphy make his yeah. uh, his his Wembley debut. Yeah, hey, hey guys, I'm at, I'm at Wembley today. <laughs> I mean, the injury situation is such that that doesn't seem entirely implausible. No, not at all. Yeah, I think I think I was seeing that up to 11 first team players could be out. Yeah, his squad. If Gabby's out and you've got Benteke and Vyman as your starting striking duo, who's your backup striker? It actually might be Russian Hepburn Murphy. Yeah, and that's because Kozak still isn't back, even yeah. even if he is so playing close. in the 21s. Yeah, he played in the U21. Maybe he makes the bench for this. You know, maybe yeah. he's got enough match fitness that he can do 30 minutes. But what if you bring him on and then you have to sub for him? Oh, God. I mean, yeah, that's the worry. And, and that's exactly what we're facing on Sunday. Especially because it could go to extra time. Yeah. Um, let's see. We're going to be, like you said, we're going to be missing Hutton, Sissoko. Um, Possibly Clark. 
Clark. Sanchez. Sanchez, Cinderose, obviously. Um, Sinclair, Doubtful, S Westwood, Doubtful. Carlos Heel apparently picked up a leg injury in a U21 match. Yeah, Hut and Hutton, and then Chris Hurd's still out. So Yeah, and, and then Gabby. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, can Guzan play striker? <laughs> I, I wouldn't trust him to kick anything accurately. Yeah, um, but maybe he, like, scores from midfield. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was he was aiming for the right touchline, and he somehow ended up scoring. Yeah, just trying to play, like, a nice long diagonal. <laughs> flies into the top corner. Huh, shit. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, there's there's so many injuries that... The, the interesting thing is I don't think we have trouble fielding a starting 11 that are at least acceptable. I think we have trouble when we need to make subs, which we will have to do at some point. Yeah, just because you'll have to change the shape from what Sherwood's wanting to play or... You know, you'll be your hand will be forced really with who's available. Yeah, you could even do this four four two diamond. Um, you know, if Westwood is available, there's been speculation, and I'm not sure if he's available. Put him in Sanchez's spot, and run out essentially the same lineup we did against Spurs, uh, except for Vyman in for Ekbon Lahore and Baker for Clark. Yeah, that that's a four four two that worked against Spurs. It was terrifying, but it worked. Um, but then who are your substitutes when someone inevitably gets injured because that's the season we're having? Yeah, I think I think maybe you'd have to keep Vyman on the bench and go with Grealish and, and Zogby at attacking mid and just kind of drop, kind of flip the top two and the the one in the hole to a 2-1. Yeah, it's, but the, the thing that worries me is Benteke has come to life when he's had a strike partner lately. Yeah. And, and so do you mess with the single hottest player on the team right now. You told Grealish to play striker. Yeah, I mean, you could. Um, or I think this is where, you know, you see Russian Hepburn Murphy on the bench because Vyman probably gets that start. And we all know what Vyman's been doing this year, which is diddly squat. Yeah, but he scores goals at random times, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> You see, right? You could just see the joy uh, of him scoring and then essentially just flipping us all off for hating him. Um, whatever. I would take that middle, that, that flying bird. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, we, we were going to get on to a piece that Matt Ferenczyk, he's doing a weekly series asking all the writers, uh, kind of, kind of different topics, I guess. Uh, obviously a couple weeks ago as FA Cup versus relegation. And obviously we got greedy and said we wanted both. <laughs> well, to avoid relegation win the cup, I guess, but. Um, this week's it was after Saturday's big win. Where are you with Tim Sherwood? And I mean, we we had some mixed responses. Uh, some people still wanting him out in the summer, regardless. Um, and I don't know. I I really think he should get a fair chance, at least one transfer window, to see what he can do. If he's goes goes bad by December, you can bring someone else in. Yeah, I agree. Um, the one the one situation in which I could see it being possibly acceptable to sack him is if we have new ownership and they just want a clean slate. Oh, yeah, totally. New owner, new manager. I mean, if they want their guy. Yeah, that could be. Although, you know what? It wouldn't shock me, given the way this club was turned around, if a new owner comes on and says, we're going to stick with him for a bit. Let's see what he gets. Um, yeah, at least try to keep one one piece of stability, I think. I don't know. It seems like the players like playing for him. I mean, his win ratio is second to none at Villa in the past five years. Yeah, that too. He's, I mean, it's just looking at the form since he came aboard. Um, do you count the Leicester FA Cup match as a Sherwood match? Mm, I'm so really. torn because he wasn't managing, but everyone says it was that team talk at halftime. Yeah. Give Villa what they needed. Yeah, um, I don't know. That, that could be true. But if you don't count that, he's had, what, two, four, six, eight, nine matches. And he's gotten, what, four wins? Yeah, four yeah. wins. Yeah, if you draw. include the cup. Yeah, four wins, a draw, and four losses. Um, so what does that mean? And, 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 yeah, I'm including cups. But what if yeah, we just put this in terms of... Yeah, if we just put this in terms of points, because all the you know the cup matches were against Premiership teams, four wins and a draw is thirteen points from 
27 available. Yeah. Right? And that's, you know, 48% of the points. If Villa had played 48% of the points available all season, we'd be safe by now. Yeah, we'd have 40, 45 points. Yeah. It'd be a ninth. Yeah, it, it would be great. And so, yeah, maybe Sherwood isn't the best in the world, but if he can get them playing at this level, that's Villa mid-table. That's what most of us at the beginning of the season said we would be really happy to see at the mid-table Villa. Yeah, exactly. And just an even top half, if you're nine tenth, great. You just need to do that for a year and attract some better players, and then you can push on from there. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not you can't go from seventeenth to Europa League in one year. No, it's not world beating ambition, but Villa aren't in a position to have world beating ambition right now. Exactly. So And and so yeah, I, I keep him around. I I think there's some flaws. I would love to see him bring in an assistant manager who has some tactical know how. Uh the talk that, you know, we could bring in Ramsey from QPR if they drop as the assistant, I think would actually be really good for him. Yeah, yeah. They're they're good good friends and Obviously, Ramsey outmaneuvered him in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's got more tactical acumen than does Sherwood. Um, yeah, at least at least during the match, which yeah is important. Yeah, absolutely. So you know something like that happening, I think, changes the landscape and changes the discussion a lot and makes Sherwood a much more appealing option. Yeah, for for sure, for sure. Yeah, so I, I I agree with what most everyone said. Keep him around. Give him a chance. He's not he's not the best option out there. By any means, there are better managers. But, yeah, but for but for who Villa can get right now, and that was like, that was like a big discussion when Lambert was going to go. It's like, who are you going to get? And obviously, I mean, like Klopp just quit Dortmund, but <laughs> Villa can't bring in Klopp. No, and 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 the issue is, you know, if you want a better manager, you're going to have to pay for him. But we'll also be stuck paying the severance fee when we cut Sherwood. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't would you rather spend that on cleverly, I guess, or on a new manager? Yeah, exactly. Um, I I I think he sticks around just from a sheer economics point, and I'm actually kind of excited for him to stick around. He's going to infuriate us at times. We've seen that this season. There's times where we want to throw stuff at our televisions because of him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that just comes with the territory, but. Yeah, and but he he seems to be a more polarizing figure than most. Yeah, oh, like, easily. And and I think a lot of that has to do with his ego. He talks himself up so much that when he fails, you get really irritated. Yeah, it's like, why did you fail? You I thought you were like God's gift to managers. Yeah, whereas when Paul Lambert failed, we were all like, oh yeah, okay, sure, that was expected. It's okay, Paul. <laughs> Poor Paul. Yeah. I genuinely liked Paul Lambert. He seemed like a really good guy. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad that he couldn't, I mean, that I guess he couldn't stay on as, like, maybe director of football or something if if he really was so good at those transfers. I mean, I guess we still have to wait and see on a few of them, but... From and the thing like, was, though, it had turned so toxic, there was no way no. he could stay on as anything. Maybe if they had made that switch in, like, November or something. Yeah, or, like, yeah. before the season. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, um... Gonna get to Twitter questions. We had one from Dustin Gerber Martin, who's the managing editor at managing editor, excuse me, at uh, fellow SB Nation blog, Cartilage Free Captain, the Spurs blog, and he was saying, just how delicious are those Tottenham Hotspur supporter tears? You know, Dustin, I everyone knows everything you know about how anatomy works, and you would expect those tears to be pretty salty, but for some reason they are sweet and delicious and wonderful. <laughs> I, uh, I, what a joy. What a joy to meet them. I don't know if anyone got the chance to read it. I did a Q&A with Cartilage Free Captain last week. And the questions they sent me, every single one was about Tim Sherwood. And I was getting legitimately pissed off at these questions as I was writing my answers to them. And then I realized it was a chance for great banter and a chance to point out that if we did win, boy, that would be joyful. And look at what happened. Yeah, on the, on the off chance that Sherwood could do it. <laughs> and and what a joy. Um, I, I, I mentioned on there that half of the reason that I adore Tim Sherwood is because everyone seems to hate him. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, I mean, obviously he got the name Tactics Tim, ironically, but I don't know. It's, I think he's gotten more, more flack than maybe he should have, even at Spurs. Yeah. And to his credit, Dustin, the guy who sent us the question and the editor of CFC, um, 
has been a guy who has said, I think he's a terrible signing, but I really hope he works out well for you. He's not an a-hole Spurs fan, as are most of the Spurs fans I haven't talked to or I have talked to aren't a-holes about this. But this constant chorus of he's going to be terrible, he's going to be terrible, he's going to be terrible, just you wait, makes me want him to be good so badly. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't need to be great at Spurs to necessarily be great at Villa. But Yeah, exactly. It's This entire conversation has the air of condescension about it. Oh, we know better. We know what he's like. Just wait till you see it. Yeah, yeah. If he couldn't do well with a team like ours, he'll never do well with a team like yours. And part of it's the fact that we have different goalposts. Doing well for us right now is totally different than doing well for Tottenham. Yeah, just just keep us afloat. Yeah, keep us afloat. Give us a season next year in which relegation is not a fear. Exactly, yeah. Have it put to bed by Christmas. Yeah, I don't need Europa League. I don't need challenging for Europe. I want Crystal Palace this year. Exactly, yeah. I I, I want a few shock wins. Imagine if they would have had Pardew from the beginning of the year. Palace, you know, they could even be a couple spots higher. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be, you know, I want to be West Ham this year. Fly too close to the sun and get burned. And when you get burned and start falling back to the earth, it's not like what happened to Villa when they went from second to relegation fodder. It's, oh, I went from fourth to ninth. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Villa flew too close to the sun, but the problem is they did it too early. So they had a long ways to fall. Yeah, there were still way too many matches left. Yeah, exactly. You can't burn out that quickly, guys. Um and, and West Ham, uh, they were never going to sustain. I said it all year. I didn't think they were the team that they were when we first faced them. And they haven't. But they did enough to get themselves to the point where, okay, playing like West Ham it doesn't doom you. Yeah, they still have 43 points with six games left. And this season, it's not even a question of is relegation an issue. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I want from Tim Sherwood. And to me, that's success. To a Tottenham fan, that's not success. Yeah, and that's fair. Mm-hmm. But they're they're a better team. They should expect more out of their club. Exactly. Uh, um, I, I think a lot of their fans have expectations that are beyond what Tottenham fans should have. But you know that's fine. So if Tim doesn't work for them, that doesn't mean he's not good for us. Yeah, especially right now. Yeah, I I I kind of adore the guy. And he pisses me off from time to time. And his little, I'm not going to play Carlos Hill thing just infuriates me. But I love Tim Sherwood right now. Yep. I, th- I mean, I think he was the best guy we could get. And he's he's doing all right so far. Yeah. If you didn't see it, um, both you and our listeners, if you didn't see it, Chris Nee, who's one of the two hosts of Aston Villa Review, wrote a nice long post last week or this week about how Tim Sherwood is the perfect manager for Villa right now because he's getting the fans into it as much as he's getting the players into it. Uh, and I thought it was a really well-written post and a, and a good point. So, you know, go search for Chris Nee, Tim Sherwood. Um, and, and it's worth your time to read. It's a really, really great post. Yeah, at Chris Nee FC on Twitter. Yeah, um, absolutely. But... And, and he published the post on his own personal website, which I, Chris Nee dot something, I don't remember. Um, yeah, the, the other yeah. question we had from Nate G at Nate JCB um, asking, is Jordan Ibe not cup-tied? See all this talk about him playing Sunday. Pretty sure he was tied out on loan. And you're correct. He was at Derby County for the first half of the season and played an FA Cup match with them. So he's going to be unavailable for Liverpool. And they have a few injuries as well. We'll get to that in a little bit when we preview that game. But first, we're going to go over the relegation watch and rooting interest for this week. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Villa play on Sunday, but all of the relegation stuff that we care about happens on Saturday. Um, With the exception of Hull City, who were supposed to play Liverpool and do that on Tuesday. Um, But last weekend was a great weekend for Villa in relegation terms. Yeah, yeah, much much better than the previous. Uh, So this weekend we've got uh, Leicester uh, hosting Swansea. Do you think, do you buy Leicester's recent form? I don't know. I think. I mean, I, they had a surge early in the season, and then they were just dead for most of it, and they've been bottom for a while. But 
I don't know, win against West Brom. They almost came back and drew Spurs. They lost three to four, what, like a month ago. And then, I don't know. It's it's hard to know because they just had so many points to make up. But they're not even the bookies' favorites to go down, which means maybe there's something in it. Yeah, I think exactly. the, and they, have, they have an easier run-in than Hull. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd pick them above Hull to, to stay up maybe, but I think both of them actually will go down. From Montana, uh, they can keep up, but I do think that they're not quite the sure thing that they were. Um, you know, they've got some tough matches left. They've still got to host Chelsea. Um, they still have to host Southampton. Uh, but they also have a trip to Burnley. They have Sunderland. They have QPR. They have a lot of six pointers left. Yeah, exactly. And then if if you can start winning those, you're just going to be jumping people. Yeah, absolutely. Burnley, on the other hand, are starting to make things a little bit more difficult for themselves. They traveled to Everton uh, this weekend. And And Everton have been better lately. Yeah, they absolutely have been. Because when we first started looking at relegation a few weeks ago, Everton were still in the heat of it. And now they've made themselves come well clear. Yeah. Um, But like Leicester, they have a lot of six-pointers left. Burnley have um, their match at Leicester. They have a match at Hull. Um, and they have a match at Villa Park. Yeah, on the final day. I mean, and, and Leicester of QPR on the final day. That schedule yeah. makers knew something there. Yeah, for a while there, it was looking as if Burnley and Villa might be playing for the spot in the Premier League on that final day. The way Burnley have been playing lately and the way Villa have been playing lately, that might actually be a meaningless match, which would be wonderful. Yeah, that, I think that's the best best situation for us. Yeah, and Burnley have been playing very well lately. They, they're they a team that I'm kind of intrigued to see what they can do in this little run-in. Yeah, I think it started when they beat City. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's gone just exactly the opposite trajectory their season has, as City's has lately. They're yeah, on the City. Just they, held, they held Arsenal to one, and Arsenal have been just absolutely on fire lately. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't going to beat Arsenal, but limiting the damage, I think, was important. Yeah, and none of their remaining matches, uh, with the exception of West Ham, are top half teams. Wait, Stoke as well. God, yeah, I can, but they, at least if Stoke I, at home, I guess. Yeah, and my brain refuses to process the idea that Stoke is a top half team. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. Um, so you've got them playing at Everton this weekend. Of course, root for Everton there. Um, Crystal Palace and West Rom. Suddenly, if if you're willing to buy the argument that Villa are still in the relegation race, West Brom, only a point ahead of us, are absolutely in it, too. Oh, certainly. Yeah, and they play at currently on-fire Crystal Palace, who have been marauding their way through the league lately. Yeah, I think uh, Selhurst is always a tricky place to play, and especially with, with how Palace have been doing lately. Yeah, absolutely. I, it would not surprise me to see West Brom continue their tailspin into, you know, into terribleness. Uh, and it, nothing would make me happier. Yeah, and, and Palace, they shelled Sunderland last week, so mm-hmm. helped us helped us out, I guess, in the, the goal difference department, brought Sunderland's back below ours. Yeah, absolutely. And Sunderland have, have a match in hand in which, you know, given Sunderland's form, they're probably just going to hurt that goal difference. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, it is I at hope- Stoke that could... This week, I could get ugly. Yeah, that absolutely could. Um, you've got, uh, yeah, it, there's a lot that could happen there this week. Uh, Sunderland play Arsenal on Wednesday. Uh, you know, Sunderland are probably going to get crushed uh, on Wednesday. They they don't play this weekend, so. Yeah, especially because Arsenal, they have an easier cup semifinal than yeah. Either us or Liverpool do, I guess. And, and even if they didn't, their Arsenal playing Sunderland at yeah, they, They've won eight league games in a row. Yeah, they're, they're going to murder Sunderland. Now watch Sunderland win like 4-1 to one or something. But, <laughs> I mean, realistically speaking, they're going to crush Sunderland. Yeah, um, I don't, yeah. I mean, they don't need the first-choice team against Reading on Saturday. And then it's yeah. just... And so, so all of your relegation watching this weekend happens on Saturday at the 3 p.m. game. So just, you know, you want Swansea to beat Leicester. You want Everton to beat Burnley. You want Crystal Palace to beat West Brom. Um, 
Come on, Crystal Palace, be our saviors. And then you've got to wait for more relegation watching until midweek, Tuesday and Wednesday, when uh, Hull City take on Liverpool and Sunderland take on Arsenal. Yeah, and actually Palace going for their fifth win in a row. So Yeah, they like I said, they've looked incredible lately. I'm not sure where this came from. Um, it, and they've actually been kind of fun to watch, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is weird. Um, I enjoyed Sunderland holding on for a bit there against Palace. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to eke out a point. And then the real Sunderland showed up, and they gave up four goals in what? what the floodgates opened. Yeah, was it 10 minutes? Is the, um, I, th- I think it was like 15, but it was a very short period of time. It was it was just incredible. I'm sorry, I have to look this up because I, I can't remember. I just thought zooming past on Twitter going, oh, God, what's happening? Um, goal, 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 goal. Yeah, they yeah, 48, between... 51, 53, and 62, so 14 minutes. And three goals in five minutes. Yeah, and Pardew, I mean – Sunderland scored in the 90th minute, and Pardew was like, I think the scoreline honestly flatters Sunderland. Yeah, I, and he's right. Um, they they pulled a Sunderland. They did exactly what they did against Aston Villa. Yep, at home. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, which was just lay down and die. Um, yeah, so, yeah Even, keep that up, no matter who the manager is. Yeah, keep that up, Sunderland. You, you can go ahead and do that against Arsenal, and none of us will be sad. Yeah. Um, for, for two matches there under Dick Advocat, they look like they might pull it off again. And I'm pretty convinced again that they're going to nosedive after that Crystal Palace result. I just think they've, they've drawn 14 matches this season, won only five. I think they just they didn't go for it early enough in the year when you can yeah. maybe afford to take more risks instead of trying to bunker for a point. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. I, I think they're dead. I think they're dead. I think Hull are dead. Um, it's funny, two of the teams that I think are going to drop are currently not in it right now, but I think they're both gone. Yeah, and I think, they, I don't know, it's it's hard to bet against QPR just because they've played 33. Yeah. And... But against QPR, what? No, I think against QPR going down, I think they'll go down. Oh, okay. I was like, you think they'll survive? No, it's, I, I can't see betting against QPR in any of their games. They're just so good. But no. Okay. Uh, like I don't know, I, I don't know. I think Sunderland could drop, and Hull's fixture list is brutal. But then, I mean, Leicester with two wins in a row. Uh, I don't know. Could fluky yeah. though. I think it's I think it's Sunderland, Hull, and QPR, and Burnley and Leicester make stunning late season surges and get themselves out of it. Squeak back into the league. Yeah. Um, which would mean two of the promoted teams survive this year if that happens. Yeah, which I mean, it's really it's really tricky to do because mm-hmm. when you come up, even if you have all that money, you can't always convince players to go there, and then you have to make sure you're not going to go back down. Yeah, Leicester mm-hmm. City probably have Mark Albrighton to thank for all of their goodness lately. Yeah, probably, and finally started the relegation poaching series with Leicester yesterday. Yeah, put Albrighton on there most mostly as a joke if. If you saw that, but um. <laughs> I don't know. He was pretty good. I think we can get that Bannon kid back too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to see the relegation poaching series back. Who was your Who was your top pick from Leicester? Uh, I think Andre Kramaric, their Croatian striker. But uh, got a couple shouts for David Nugent and um, I don't know some some other people had I, ideas of of. Leicester players that they would like to see at Villa. I mean, I think I think actually like they could provide some some good depth, but I don't know necessarily. Maybe not good enough to start. I guess the other one was Riyad Mahrez, uh, yeah, Nigerian, but um, that people had suggested. But I don't want anyone like Jamie Vardy who, or you know. I other. I don't think you could bring in Jamie Vardy because of how much the team probably hates that guy. And while it'd be awesome to have Cambiasso for a season, I don't know, he's he'll be 35 next year, but I don't know, yeah. he, he has scored four times for them this year. Yeah, uh, you, you could do worse uh, if you're stealing from them. I, I think it's safe to say that if you didn't poach anyone from Leicester, you'd still probably be okay. I think so. I mean, we're going to – I think the next one will be on, on Monday, I guess. I'll do Burnley if they're still if they're still second bottom, I guess, or QPR. Yeah, Um. You know, uh, there's some teams with more people to take. 
God, Charlie Austin. It's a shame that he's going to go to someone rich. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, him on Villa would be a joy. Him pairing up with Christian Benteke? Yeah, or at least some, someone that's somewhat rich, like Southampton, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Villa make a move for him. Maybe they make that their marquee summer signing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I just I just don't think we need a striker, but if, if we had money to money to burn, I wouldn't mind seeing it on Austin. I would say we don't need a striker, except for the fact that because Gabby Agbonlahor is injured, we're probably starting Andy Vyman at Wembley. I, yeah. I think that's a pretty good sign we need some more striker depth. I would be okay with Gabby Agbonlahor being the third choice. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I, I do think we need a striker. Um, and yeah, let's, uh, let's actually move on to that FA Cup semifinal preview. We talked about a lot about the injuries earlier because there are just so many of them. But uh, yeah, the match is going to be... Sunday at Wembley at 3 GMT, of course, so 10 Eastern. Uh, I'll, I'll actually be out of town, but I'll be watching it in San Francisco at 7 in the morning. I keep looking for a conference that I can go read a paper at. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like, you did at the beginning of the season and won. I, now against For that Spurs. Liverpool match, for Liverpool at Anfield. So the last two times I've read a conference paper, Villa have gotten 1-0 wins away from home. So, uh... Yeah, uh I don't know, the neutral sure. site, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that counts. I don't know if that voodoo still works. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll be watching on Sunday. You'll be watching on Sunday. All of the Villa world will be watching on Sunday. Uh-huh. Are, are you excited for this, or are you terrified? I, I don't know. I think I think we just got to be happy to be here. Like, yeah. it's, it's not like we've been tanking in the league, and this is the only thing that could salvage the season. It's not like we're – I mean, we're already, we had, like, 20 points. So we're confirmed down. Yeah, you probably have no confidence anyways against Liverpool, but I think you just got to try to make the most of it, knockout competition. I don't know anything can happen. Extra time, well, I don't think either team would want to see it. It would, it would definitely favor Liverpool, although they do have some some key injuries like Mamadou Sacco is going to be out, Jordan Ibe as we said cup tied, Sturridge doubtful, and Adam Lallana also doubtful, and John Flanagan out I guess as well. Yeah, they, they've got their fair share of injuries, too, and, and they really have not been on form lately. They've kind of looked like junk lately, especially in the FA Cup. Oh, um, they, they've had a horrible FA Cup run. Yeah, it's it's one of the worst semifinal runs that I can remember. Like yeah, they've I, done was, I was actually... Just enough. Yeah, my, my tactical preview will be out tomorrow, Friday, I guess, probably, probably same time you're viewing this, but I'll just give you a little preview of or review of Liverpool's run. They they had a deal with replays against Bolton and Blackburn. They okay, Liverpool haven't even won they didn't even win at Anfield this year in the cup. Mm. And then they only beat Wimbledon by a goal and Palace by a goal. Yeah, they they have not had an inspiring cup run. And if you go and you look at Villa, they haven't been all of that inspiring either, but they've yeah, never really got to play every run. game at home. Yeah. <laughs> and they've yet to they they haven't had to replay they haven't had um, anything like that so it's not been amazing but it's certainly been better than Liverpool's cup run and it's improved I guess I think the biggest fear of a replay was against Blackpool mm-hmm. yeah and absolutely and you're right it has improved I mean two nil against West Brom um, yeah you know, in in scenes from the dark ages um, which by the way the FA still has not come down with a punishment on that. Yeah, but I, they maybe just forgot about it. <laughs> Something tells me that's not true, but, I mean, one can only hope. Uh, I feel like a kid hoping that their parent forgot about the punishment. You're right. Um, but, yeah, it's it should be a really interesting match. I would probably be terrified if Villa were healthy because at that point you, you get this real sense that Villa would have a real chance at it. At this point... I think Villa have a chance, but it's mostly a luck chance. And if they don't win, it's going to be understandable because of the fact that they had no players. Yeah, and no, I think I don't know. I think Villa can really just try to embrace the underdog mentality. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's that's an absolute possibility here. And there's a real chance that they come away with this win. Liverpool have not been great. If their starting eleven can do something, if Benteke can stay on form, maybe they take a two goal lead into halftime and then just bunker like mad. Yeah, and uh, last game against Newcastle, it was in the league, obviously, but Liverpool, with Sacco out, they had a switch to a four at the back, and, I mean, that, I guess that was a little a little different for them because 
uh, still playing really without a striker who's kind of Sterling, Coutinho, and Jordan Ibe up top. But, um, I mean, Sterling, Sterling, I don't know, I was listening on the radio, I guess, but Sterling was good, but missed a couple, missed an open goal from what I understand. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he's having a good day, Villa could be in trouble. Yeah. I, I, in a way, I sort of like these injuries because it means that we just get to enjoy this match. Like you said, enjoy being there. Yeah, I'll be for everyone who's going. It'll be great, great trip, fun trip. Go down to London, and everything goes well. Maybe you could go back. Yeah, the there's a chance that we lose. My only hope is that we don't get trounced, or that we're not out of it by halftime. Yeah, you know, I want the fans there to actually be able to enjoy it. Yeah, like don't give away an early penalty. Don't get scored on the opening ten minutes. Don't don't get someone sent off or something terrible. I mean. Don't I guess don't don't play scared. Don't go out there trying to draw or trying to push it to extra time. But I'm not. I, I don't think if it goes do that, to penalties. They, yeah, they don't have the players to push it to extra time. No. But, but plus, can but, you see Tim Sherwood doing something like that? He's gonna go in there, guns a blazing. Yolo. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be amazing. I that's what I think is gonna be the real hope here because with so much just like oh. We have no one, and with Tim Sherwood at the helm, he's just going to say, go out there and just attack like mad. And this could be a game that ends up 5-4 or something like that. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. It would be such a thrill to watch. The joy of the cup. The magic of the cup. Yeah. Uh, Do you you think Shea Given or Brad Guzan will start? That's maybe the best question of them all. i got to give it to Given. (laughs) I think so, too, which is hilarious. Like, just the way that what, of what happened to Guzan last oh, yeah. last time. The last time, get over that. How, how he was the cup goalkeeper, and then Martin O'Neill replaced him with Brad Friedel. Yeah, even I after Guzan had saved like ten penalties. I think you have to give it to Given. He's been great. Guzan, you know, this match against Spurs aside, has not been looking wonderfully lately. Yeah, give that's what break. I was gonna say. He's been he's been average. Yeah, give him a break. Like like given who got us here, get us further. Guzan's gonna storm out of the dressing room and drive the team bus back to Birmingham. <laughs> I uh, the thing that I keep forgetting that I legitimately keep forgetting is that Villa are two wins away from playing in Europe. Yeah. Like this this is. If we win this, we are suddenly one match away from European competition next year. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Because look at look at what happened to Everton. As, as the, the Europa League kind of was a distraction. I think the, the only way you can really do well in the Europa League is if you buy enough players to kind of just sustain depth. And I guess... I guess I, w- I was seeing for Borussia Dortmund, they're not going to make the Champions League this year, but they're not too upset with making the Europa League because they can get 90,000 fans every day, so match day revenues can really make up for lower TV revenues. Yeah, absolutely. But, and you know Tim Sherwood would take the Europa League seriously. Yeah, I think, I think so. And and the good news is we have Europa League assassin Lieber Kozak on our roster. Yeah, when a he man who's Lazio, like, he scored like one goal in the league and ten in the Europa League. Like, yeah, a man like, whose reputation rests entirely on Europa League flair. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would love to see it happen. I, I'm not sure if this team is ready. They could flame out. It could hurt the season. I would love to see Europa League competition. So maybe these two wins would be great. But the problem is you're probably going to be playing Arsenal in that final. Yeah, I, I think we're definitely playing Arsenal in the final. Arsenal with, you know, a chance at two FA Cups in a row. Yeah, after not winning anything for 10 years. But I don't know. If, if somehow Reading can sneak through, then... Oh God! Then some someday the pressure is huge. Yeah, and and we know at, by kickoff on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. If, if Reading somehow sneak through, there will be so much pressure to win this match. Yeah, like, it would be incredible if Villa got to play Reading in the FA Cup final. The TV networks would hate it. Yeah, TV networks would not be happy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The crappiest of crap Premier League teams and Reading. But, oh, God, it would be so great. Uh, I don't know. I This is a match that, for the first time in a while, I'm really approaching it as a fan. I, I'm not 
worried about anything. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, unless, unless Benteke gets hurt, I'm like, eh. Yeah, there's the obvious worries of, like, I don't know if we can do this, but it's it's really, I'm, I'm approaching this with more joy than I've approached any match in a while. I'm really excited for this. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, like the, the QPR match, just freaking out. Mm -hmm. then, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then this Tottenham match, you know, after that goal, we spent the rest of that match panicking. Yeah, and not, not because Spurs were just going to get one. We knew if they scored, they'd get two. Oh, yeah, God, of you course. Know. And it was always going to be Harry Kane and, you know. Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> and Sherwood in the post-conference press or post-game presser. Oh, well, yeah. you know, Harry, Harry Kane, he's good because of me. <laughs> like, okay, well, how does that help us? Like, yeah, exactly. So I, this will be fun. I'm excited. I, I am – I honestly can't remember the last time I felt this way about a match. I am legitimately excited to watch this. I think it'll be a fun match. It'll be great to see Villa at Wembley. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, I think I think uh, just try to enjoy it. I guess really like it's it's nice. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's it's exciting. So uh, obviously no predictions. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say we're sorry we we won't have a prediction for you, but. Nope, never. Maybe we'll make a prediction against Reading and then go on to lose 4 nil. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. If we get to play Reading, we are keeping our damn mouths shut. We're not even going to say, I feel good about this. We're going to keep our no. damn mouths shut. I'm terrified of Reading. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of the great teams in English football. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that's uh basically all we have for you today. Remember, we're still looking for writers and designers for 7500hold.com. So, if you, you can... watch the Villa Ladies, let us know. I desperately want someone to regularly cover the Villa Ladies. I, I that team is fun to watch from the highlights that I get to see. They're pretty cool in general. If you're a season ticket holder, if you regularly go see the Villa Ladies, please drop us a line 7500hold at gmail.com. Um, I really want to get a Villa Ladies writer on board. So, yep, there, that's uh, that's that for this week, I guess, with the advertising. But uh, remember, we're still on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. Hopefully, they're not making you listen to ads, and YouTube as well. So, uh, for Robert Lintot and 7500toholt.com, I've been Jack Grimsey. Thanks for listening to the Holtcast.